You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. start by giving you two antithesis or opposites of be still. Number one, to agitate. And to agitate in one sense is to make somebody anxious. To make somebody anxious. And when you become anxious, which is also worried, you have the capacity to produce two things in particular. Fear and uncertainty. When somebody agitates you, you become anxious, you have the capacity to produce fear and uncertainty. And that's not good in reference to a child of God. Folks may try to rally you, but you, you, you can't Allow them to make you enter into a state where you are uncertain, especially uncertain about the things of God. And that's the reason Paul dropped something on the Philippian church that we need to consider. Go with me to Philippians 4. Philippians 4, let's go there. Philippians 4 and 6 says this right here. Be anxious for nothing. Now folk going to try to rally you, but you don't have to go there with them. And that's the implication, because he tells not just one person, he tells an entire church, mature folk and babes, be anxious for. But then he gives them an alternative. But in everything, because he told us not to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Don't be anxious. Pray. Don't be anxious. Be thankful. But you have to choose to do such. I said you have to choose to do such. Second antithesis. Of be still. 
is to move. I said is to move. You have to be to the point to where you don't allow a thing or person to cause you to change your mind about something or somebody you shouldn't change your mind about. When somebody moves you, they cause you to change your mind. And I'm speaking in reference to move from a negative standpoint. But they'll cause you to change your mind about something or somebody that you should. You're convinced that prayer is right. Until you run into your cousin. Who know everything. And don't even act like that. Some of us got kinfolk that act like they know. And you might be that kin person. But you cannot allow. Somebody through conversation. To cause you to. Move from where God has placed you. If God has told you it's your time, better is here and better is coming. Don't allow a negative situation to cause you to get out that place. If God is telling you he going to heal you, He's going to strengthen you. He's going to do this, that, and the other. Don't allow two things that push you to cause you to get out of that place. Don't allow things to move you. Trouble going to come, but don't allow trouble to move you. Adversity going to happen, but don't allow it to move you. It's going to mess with your mind. It's going to mess with your feelings. Take the hit, but don't allow it to move you. Some things hurt, but don't allow the hurt to move you. Some folks say hurtful things. Sometimes you see what you don't want to see. You hear what you don't want to hear. But don't allow those things to to move you out of the place that God has ordained for you to be. It may push you a little. Even may cause you to wonder a little. But don't allow it to move you out of your fixed place. Y'all okay? Let's go to Acts 20. I want to show you something in reference to that. That's a good example of not allowing something to move you. 
the book of Acts, chapter 20. Ready? Acts 20, we'll start at verse 22. This is what Paul said. He says, and see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. Not knowing the things that will happen to me there. He, he's admitting that he's not omniscient. I'm going there. I don't know everything going to transpire, but I'm going. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that, get this, chains going to jail and tribulations await me. Holy Spirit done told them they're going to try to lock you up, Paul. And you might get locked up. And you're going to go through a whole lot of trouble when you get there. Now he's going anyway knowing that he might go to jail. And he's going to run into some trouble. But he's still going. Why is that? That's what the Holy Spirit is leading him to do. You can try to go around trouble, but it ain't going to work. God has ordained for you to go through some things you ain't going to like. You don't want to see him, but sooner or later you're going to run into him. Why? God got to see if you over what that person said. Because the last time you showed, you went over it even though you, you've been telling everybody you saved. But when you saw him, you cussed him out in front of everybody. You cussed him out not knowing that gossip and Gene was there. And Gene told everybody. What you did at the Home Depot. And then she posted it. And had your picture looking like this. So... Here we go, months later, you done been taught to have the mind of Christ. And you run into him again. Trouble happens to all of us. You're down there praying, oh God, don't let me run into trouble. Oh God, no time this week. Hallelujah. No trouble, no trouble, no trouble, no trouble, no trouble, no trouble, no trouble. Lord, you'll notice I said it seven times. Let it be complete. That don't work. That don't work. Paul said the Holy Spirit told him, told him that chains. See, see, 
They wouldn't just put Paul in jail. They would put him in jail and make sure that his, his feet were fettered. And his hands were often chained as well. But he knew this was awaiting me. That's what the Holy Spirit is testifying. But he knew that because when, when, when God first redeemed him, he told him, you're going to suffer great things, but it's going to be for me. You're going to go through a whole lot of trouble, but it's going to be for me. Now, now some of us, we, we had not went through what Paul has, has went through, but we done went through some stuff. But let's go on with the verse. Lord have mercy. Before I, before I just say it a little more. But notice what he says after revealing that he knows that chains and tribulations are waiting for him. Verse 24. But none of these things move me. Woo! Nor do I count my life dear to myself. So that I may finish my race with joy. Bottom line, he going he to count it joy. And the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel. Gospel means good news. Of the grace of God. You're going to be locked up, but it ain't going to move you? No. It's not going to move me. It's not going to cause me to change my mind about the one that saved me. See, no matter what kind of trouble you go through, you can't, you, you can't allow it to move you out of your purpose. You can't allow it to distract you from your destiny. You're bigger than your trouble. And like it or not, your trouble is part of the making process. David said, it was good that I was afflicted. Why, David? So I could learn. But then the Hebrew writer turned around and talked about Jesus. Said, even though he were a son, and son equates Emmanuel, a God with us, even though he was God with us, yet learn he obedience. Through the things that he suffered. See, instead of looking down on your trouble, you have to ask yourself in the midst of trouble, what am I going to learn from this? It didn't, it, it, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to turn out. But what lesson can I gain from this? What can I profit from this trouble is always a lesson in trouble. Don't, don't, don't be to the point to where you just want to get out of it. Have the mindset, biblically speaking, that I'm going to learn from this. 
It don't feel good, but I'm going to learn from this. I don't like going through it, but I'm going to learn from this. Man, I learned a lot of things from being broke. You know, not having money. Yeah, I learned some things from not having money. Uh, the main thing I learned, I don't like being broke. I'm just being honest with you. The main thing I like, I do not like being broke. But I also learned that it's not God's will for me to stay broke. But to learn what to do in order not to stay in that place, nor to go back to that place. I learned from it. I said, Lord, if I'm broke, I can't help my family. I can't sow seed. I can't be a blessing. I love older people. I love blessing older people. I try to do every week, give somebody that's uh, 60 or older some money or do something for them. Every single, I love blessing older people because that's the one part of society that I see that folk just un. Push to the curb. But if I'm broke. And they need certain things. I can't, I can't do anything. You have to learn. And, and when you learn from certain things. You work hard. You do what you need to do. In order for him to reward you. Will he do it pastor? Yeah. God is a reward of those that. When you're diligent, God will bless you. But you have to be to the place to where you learn from your trouble and not allow your trouble to move you out of the will of God. Just like what you're going through right now. What have you learned from it? Well, pastor's up there talking about he don't like to be broke. That's why I am right now, bro. But are you learning from it? Are you learning from it? What are you learning from it? You may not learn the same lessons I did. You may learn more or less lessons, but you need to learn something from where you are right now. You have to learn. And so, back in Psalm 46 and 10, God did not want his children to be agitated or to be moved. He used the psalmist to say to them, be still. Be still. 
be still. The base meaning of be still is to stay put. I like that. I like that meaning because it's country. Stay put. You know, as a child, you like just, just doing stuff. It don't matter where you are. You just like just moving and just checking out stuff. I, I'll never forget uh, in church, I'm sitting there playing and going up under the pew and doing everything. I mean, just, you know, being a child. And i never forget when Mama used to just grab my hand and give me that look. Don't you move. Stay put and it'd be a battle to stay put as a child I mean just, just be a battle you're looking around but you know she doesn't tell me <laughs> you can't move from right there and, and that's how it is with us God wants us to be still but sometimes because of our eyes our ears, things, and folk. We don't want to obey him. We allow too many things to distract us. But God wants us to know there are times to where he just wants us to be still. Or stay put. And contextually, he gave them a great reason why they needed to just, to just be, be still. He said, you need to be still and know I am Elohim. You need to know that I am the mighty God. You need to know that I am the omnipotent one. You need to know before you start looking at that and, and, and thinking there's no way it can change that I am God and whatever I want to change, I'll change. Whatever I decide to do, I will do. Simply because I am Elohim. That's what that's the Hebrew word that he uses in the text. He does not use Jehovah. Jehovah represents the covenant God. When, when God would let Israel know that, look, we are in agreement. You have to be one with me in mind, in word, and in deed. That was not the case here. He just wanted them to know point blank who was in charge be still and know I'm God be still and know that the earth is mine and is fullness quit allowing that supervisor that's been threatening you for the last 90 days to cause you to be uncertain and filth. And know that everything 
belongs to me. You ain't going nowhere unless I tell you to go somewhere. And he ain't going to do nothing unless I allow him to do it. Why is that, Elohim? Simply because even the heart of the king is in the palm of my hand. And like the rivers of water, I can turn it any which way I desire. Look at somebody and tell them, don't trip. God is in charge. Don't you get to thinking that somebody has the final say over your life. God has the final say. What I just, what I just quoted to you was Bible. Even the heart of the king is in his hand. And like the rivers of water, God causes water to go where he wanted to go. Looked at the ocean, I said, Lord, what in the world is holding all that water back from just washing everything out? God. God just laid his finger and said, all right, I got you right here. Stay right here until I tell you different. We got a big storm coming. And God said, oh, they just advertising and they doing all this and, and calling folk in and doing all that. Oh, it ain't going to make it that far. Walker got to work this week. I'm only going to allow it to hit certain places. He needs to get finished because he in revival next week. <laughs> God will look out for you. But you got to know he is in charge we used to have an old saying God is large well we are large and in charge it wasn't true about us it used to be a, used to be a popular saying especially back in the seminar what, what's going on oh man large and in charge it wasn't true though we were barely making it we'll, we'll pull up to a, we'll pull up to a gas pump driving a long car and put two dollars in it. We wasn't no large and in charge. Oh, I was the two dollar man. I had this long Cadillac. <laughs> Telling folks I'm large and in charge. Put two. And knew what the cheapest gas station in town was. Well, I'm going to JNL and, and get my gas. <laughs> we were fakes, but not him. I said, not God. God is large and in charge, and that's real. I said, that's real. It took somebody large to save you. Oh, yes, it did. It took somebody large to pull you out of the hole, out of the ditch that you were in. If I'm right, tell somebody it took a big God to save me. That's the reason I don't do what I used to do. That's the reason I don't hang with who I used to hang with. The big God.
God, Elohim, say. We couldn't quit doing things on our own. After mama trying to tell us, after folk trying to tell us, even some of us went to the psychiatrist. And the psychologist still couldn't quit. But when God got a hold of you, when he put some of that omnipotence on your mind, put some of that omnipotence in your heart, you were able to quit what you couldn't quit on your own. You were able to overcome what you couldn't defeat on your own. Look at somebody and tell them, I know it's true. That can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Oh, you better tell one more person I know it's true. That can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like. I said can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like. He's large. And he in charge. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He is large and he is in charge. But look at your neighbor and say, you got to know that. And see, that's what the text is about. He told them, be still. And know that I am God. You got to be certain that I am God. You got to be convinced in the midst of a storm that I am God. You can't allow the tides to move you. You can't be up and down just because of trials and tribulation. You got to learn to be happy even when all that can go wrong is taking place. And the only way you can successfully do that is to know who is really in charge. If God done told you everything going to work out for your good, you got to be in the midst of your storm saying, this too shall pass. This ain't going to last long. It's just temporary because last night in prayer, God told me everything was going to be all right. So I'm just going to dance. I'm going to leap in the midst of what I'm going through because I know Trouble don't last always. David so understood it. He penned, weeping may endure for a night, but some joy is coming in the morning. Look at somebody and tell them, I don't know what kind of storm you're going through. But it's going to be all right. It's going to be well. It's going to be okay. Don't allow don't allow the roars of man to cause you to become agitated, to cause you to move out of your fixed place. Know for sure that God is large and in charge. Oh, I like saying that. Will you help me tell somebody God is large and in charge? You know what I like? Sometimes God have to testify himself. Yeah, he do. God have to testify himself sometime. When folks cross, when folks cross the line, he, he just have to testify. Say run mess around and cross the line. I got the talking stuff. She didn't have no business talking. Well, I'm up in age, high in the world. I'm gonna have a baby. Then God had to just draw the line and stuff. 
Sarah, is there anything too hard for me? It's going to be nine months from now. You're going you to be having a little bouncing baby boy. It's going to be nine months. And just as sure as we are in church on this, what is it, 17th day of September 2023, nine months later, Sarah was playing with Isaac. Sarah had a miracle in her hand that she was able to touch she was able to talk that little baby talk to goo goo baba she was able to do all that simply because God showed that he was Elohim he was in charge and God changed is not he was in charge back then and he's in charge right now if you run into something tomorrow or Thursday God is still going to be in charge he's still going to be saying the same thing that there is nothing too hard for me. Do you hear me? I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 